Journal of Family Planning and Reproductive Healthcare. I'm Harriet Vickers, Multimedia Editor for BMJ Journals, and in this podcast we're going to be exploring sexual health nursing and how it fits within public health. Here to discuss this and also her work in the field is Sue Capstick, who's a Service Line Manager in Sexual Health at Lancashire NHS Foundation Care Trust, and very importantly has just won the Queen's Nurse Award for Sexual Health. She's actually been working in sexual health nursing for 30 years. So good morning, Sue. Thanks very much for coming on. Great. Hi, good morning. To kick us off and to give us a bit of an overview, could you talk us through what the the Queen's Nursing Award actually is? I mean, what kind of work does it cover and is it specifically for sexual health work? The Q&I stands for the Queen's Nursing Institute, which is the charity organisation which awards nurses with the title of, of being a Queen's Nurse is the only charity with an exclusive focus on patient care within the community. And it's been running now for well over 100 years. It's, it's only for nurses, as it says in the title, and it's either for nurses who have direct patient care or in a management learning or leadership role. And what, what was it that you were specifically awarded it for? Can you just tell us a bit more about your work? Yeah, of course. In order to become a Queen's Nurse, you need to submit evidence of a project that you feel has contributed towards the development of the community. And that is, if you're not working clinically, that is also backed up by two of your work colleagues and your manager to support your application. So it is quite a lengthy application, but it helps you to really describe the work that you've done. I think it's fair to say that it's not for past service. So it's more about a commitment to the high standards. So the work that I put forward was a, a piece of work uh, that I started about five years ago now in the Blackburn area. I was aware that the proportion of abortions within the area from women of South Asian heritage seemed to have gone up over the past seven years and to mm. a point where it had increased by over 70% in one area and then looking at the national data that also seemed to support that this was a trend that was happening throughout the country and I did quite a lot of work within the South Asian community to see how we could address this and um, look at promoting methods of contraception in order to directly influence a reduction in abortion. Spent a lot of time working with the local council of mosques, talking on Radio Ramadan working with women to see what their barriers were to engaging with methods of contraception. And so from that sort of thinking around it became a project that we launched called Do You Know Your Choices, which was primarily aimed at the South Asian community. And I led on that project with some community workers. We did initiatives such as putting up holding stalls in health centres where uh, a lot of women from the South Asian community attend. We did a book with poetry and um, writing oh, with wow. women looking at their reproductive experiences. And so there was lots of different uh, ways that we um, engaged with that community quite heavily to support methods of contraception. And as a result, we've actually over the years seen a decline in the number of abortions. Right. So some quite novel ways of communicating this message then that you did in the project. 
Yeah, very much so. It was really well received by the community because what we weren't saying is, look, you know, it's gone up abortion, why is this? We were saying one of the reasons for this could be that women are unaware of what methods of contraception are available. And so we reached out to that community and we did a number of focus groups and the women were very much involved with the literature and we sort of dispelled a lot of myths around the methods mm. of contraception which may have contributed to women not wanting to use a method of contraception and then found they were in the position of, of being pregnant and, and as many women do, chose to, to abort that pregnancy. Right. And, and do you have a figure for how much the number of abortions has actually dropped? In Blackburn, it seemed to have dropped by about 10%. We haven't, we haven't actually done the analysis for, on last year's data, but it, it does seem to have dropped and that is backed up by the local abortion provider feels that they're not seeing as many women from that community. In our clinics, we have a high number of women coming through from the South Asian community. Mm. Blackburn is, um, is an area where approximately a third of the population have people from the South Asian community live there. So we have a really strong link with that community anyway. Mm. And uh, we have a, a good uptake of, of women from that community coming to our service. And what we want to do is continue to, to work with those community members. How will the award help you to continue this and to carry on with that engagement then? Is, I mean, is it just a nice title or have, is, are there other benefits from it? The award itself, I think, is going to be a fantastic opportunity to primarily focus on sexual health nursing. So the project that I did demonstrated my commitment to sexual health but the award, I believe, will really help raise the profile of sexual health nursing through the Q&I. Uh, sexual health is primarily a public health issue. And there's, there's lots of initiatives at the moment that the Department of Health are doing. You know, the five-year forward view is, is focuses on prevention. It focuses on nursing and focuses on public health nursing and I think often sexual health gets forgotten about in relation to public health nursing. Sexual health is key in relation to reducing some of these risks associated with poor ill health and there's no doubt that an unwanted pregnancy, um, and I, I use that word really carefully, unwanted, and because I think many conceptions might be unplanned but an unwanted pregnancy, you know, can either lead to an abortion or it can lead to implications for both the baby or and, and the mother. So I'm hoping that the Queen's Nurse Award will enable me to ideally shape policy around the future of sexual health nursing and contribute to some of that. And we're very lucky within sexual health to have a number of key nurses that have worked tirelessly over the years who all are passionate about the speciality of sexual health. I'm hoping that the Queen's Nurse Award will really give me that vehicle to have those conversations with people who can influence policy so we're, we're clear about the future of nursing for sexual health. Up until recently, it's been quite fragmented. You know, I'm so happy that the Faculty of Reproductive Health have now taken nurses on board to get the NDFSRH. We've got the British Association of Sexual Health and HIV and both have really enabled nurses to obtain a transferable qualification. But I do feel there's a, a limitation to both these qualifications and the future of the nursing in sexual health. is, is it's, a, it's very timely now because of the five-year forward view. 
and the part three of the register for nurses and how we can be involved in the debate about the future of nursing. And we, we absolutely are in sexual health. Tell me more then about the, the specific policy changes that you'd like to see. How do you see sexual health nursing fitting in better with public health? At the moment, it's unclear how part three of the register or sexual health being involved in the debate around the five-year forward view and the the prevention emphasis within that document is going to um, be mapped out really and I've I've started to ask some questions about you know could we start to have some discussions around the five-year forward view as to what the future of sexual health nursing could look like uh, once it's recognized that it is a significant element of public health nursing Um, So at the moment, it's more around having those discussions and raising the profile of sexual health nursing. And like I mentioned previously, the BASH and faculty have been great around signing off core competencies, but I think there's a separate element here, which is to recognize the speciality within being a nurse. Um, So the NDFSRH and the BASH give you the clinical competencies to ensure that someone's skilled to issue the contraception and skilled to manage the sexual infection. But there's, there's more of that wider public health understanding and the, the socioeconomic determinants of sexual ill health that I believe the public health recognition of sexual health will, will help us move that forward and also address the sexual health. Great. So this award is, is not just a win for you, it's a, a win for sexual health nursing overall. Yeah, absolutely. I went to the first conference and I was really bowled over with the people who were there presenting. We had the chief executive of the NMC presented there. We had Jane Cummings, the chief nursing officer, presented. And there's a real respect for the Queen's Nursing Institute and how that can be a body to inform policy and to contribute to policy so I'm really optimistic that being a Queen's nurse gives me the um, opportunity to really talk about sexual health nursing in the wider context not just about my role I mean something that a lot of us that have been around for for a long time and I knew sexual health nurses are committed to reducing the you know unwanted pregnancy and we can't underestimate what unwanted pregnancy is 20% of all conceptions lead to abortion, but it's unknown how many conceptions that don't lead to abortion result in an an unwanted pregnancy. And it's so key for our role to try and influence some of that. There's there's such a lack of research out there around whether an unwanted pregnancy that leads to full term could be associated with low self-esteem with the child, low self-worth, poor achiever, For example, we don't know whether um, an unwanted pregnancy leading to full term resulting in high risk taking behavior. So the psychological implications on that child is is quite large. We also don't know whether an unwanted pregnancy that leads to full term is the woman, the mother has got a higher risk of maybe postnatal depression. So I think we've a a long way to go to actually understand the whole Mm. area of unwantedness. And that is a public health issue. And we struggle to quantify some of that because of the the lack of literature out there. So I'm optimistic that being a Queen's nurse will put me in front of people where I can 
have those discussions and we can really move the debate forward and ideally get some research funded uh, for us as well and really understand the implications of unwantedness. Fantastic. Well, congratulations, Sue, and thanks very much for coming on this morning to tell us more about it. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you.